It's good to be with y'all today. Will you join me in reading the scripture? Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. He said, it's great to be with you. Uh, I'd like to introduce my wife here, here on the corner, Nikki. Uh, Melissa's already got our kids in the youth group. It's, it's great. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. This new time of beginnings, this new season for us, reminds me of an, another new season in our life, way back when, when we were first parents. <clears throat> it was learning how to navigate an airport with a child. It was post 9-11, and so, um, you know, everything that was involved in that we found ourselves going to see the grandmother, completely loaded up with all of the baby equipment ever needed, you know, first time parents, right? And, we find, and we're at the check-in at the, at the airport and we realize we're not gonna make it. We're, we're not gonna make it, we gotta do something. And so our plan was, I was gonna take my, my laptop and leave everything else with Nikki, like the stroller, the bags, the, the kid, all that. And my whole job was to get down the jetway to the gate and make sure that plane didn't leave. If I had to lay in the door, I had to make sure that plane wasn't leaving because we had to go see Grandma. So we get through, we get, we're getting through the checkout. I get out ahead. It's great. It's working like clockwork. I reach down and pick up a bag. And let me emphasize, a bag. And start hauling off down the jetway. This is at Love Field. This is before all the renovations. And it's that you got to go all the way down and you make a right before you hit the, the little puddle jump, jumper stops for Lubbock and Amarillo and Odessa and all that. I'm about to make the turn uh, for the Amarillo gate when I hear this. <whistles> now that is how Nikki trained me to pay attention. <laughs> before cell phones, that's how I, that's how I knew that I, 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 I'm at this corner and I can see the gate and I can wait. I can see her, but I know I'm supposed to go back. And as I'm walking back, I can just see Nikki shaking her head at me. And then I begin to hear this guy complaining that someone has stolen his bag. That somebody's taking his computers with all his files, and he has this meeting. How, what's he going to do? And as I get closer, I realize that we have the same bag. And in fact, he had mine and I had his. Just running so hard, trying to make the next gate. And that's like some of us now. I mean, like I think about myself. In my, this last couple of weeks for me, leaving, the, uh, leaving and finishing up my work at Harry United Methodist, that's where I was. We had to go visit family for Christmas. We just got back from a five-day winter camp for Boy Scouts. I mean, I'm surprised that I have clean clothes on and that I'm here and standing. But when it comes to this new year, we're already at a place where we could find ourselves running. The guns just started, and maybe we're frantic. Maybe we find ourselves a little anxious and so as we begin today and as I begin here today what I want to do is just remind us of what the goal is to remind us of what we're doing in 2017 and beyond that Jesus has called us here for a reason Jesus has called us here for a purpose to be his light to be his hands and his feet in Edmund and beyond 
And he doesn't just want us, for, want us to do this for today on Sundays. He doesn't just want it to happen for 2017. But he has invested in us. He has loved us. He has given, given himself for us so that we can go the distance. Or as the author of Hebrews says, we can run this race with perseverance. But if we're going to do it, we need to take, we need, I want to bring up a little running tips for us about how we can make this happen. How we can go the distance because it's, we want to see. I know I want to see us make it. I don't know. I want to see us cross the finish line. So are you ready for some running tips today? Even you non-runners, maybe you've got a pair of shoes you haven't, you haven't even tried on yet, but oops, sorry. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to talk about some running tips. The first one that I think the author of Hebrews has for us is you've got to run with the right crowd. If we're going to go the distance, we're going to have to run with the right crowd. Now, I was seven years old when Star Wars came out. And I got to go with my big brother and his friends, and so that was just as awesome. And all of a sudden, though, there you are with Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and, all, and this whole world, this whole story that was just, you know, just blew my mind as a kid. And then, then they start out with, you know, they come back with two, three, one, two, and three, and now they've got seven, and now we're back to 3.5 with Rogue One, right? Who's seen Rogue One so far? Oh, so good. It's just so good. That story's been a part of my family's tradition. Now it's part of our Christmas tradition. Thank you, George Lucas and Disney. Uh, it's just something that, we, it's something that we look for. And when Darth Vader came back on the screen, I never thought I'd see Darth Vader again, even though, even though I get a little scared inside, you know. There he was. It's awesome. So no, no spoilers. You, you get to see it. The Star Wars, it's a story I've been with, been, I've, been, I've loved for 40 years. Characters that I've been involved with for 40 years, almost 40 years. Um, but then I think about what the author of Hebrews is calling us to, what the author of Hebrews wants to remind us about, is that when we say yes to Jesus, we are brought into a story that has been going on way longer than 40 years. There are men and women who have been fighting the good fight for centuries. There is a story of a good creator, God, who is bigger than anything that has ever happened. And even though we, we were disobedient and said no to him, he has been, sent, he has been spending centuries. His whole, his whole existence is consumed with drawing us back to himself. And what we have in Hebrews 11, right, before he, right, as, right as Hebrews 12 begins, it's built upon uh, the, the author's hall of faith, is what I call it. Moses, Abraham, David. Esther, Ruth, uh, Paul, all the, way, all, the, all the way up to our time, we read about these men and women who have carried the faith and have made it possible for us to live this life. It is a team, it is a, it is a group that I want to be a part of. Because we, and what, it, we, what we realize is that when we, uh, he, what the author of Hebrews wants us to understand is that this hall of faith, these heroes have taken, done their part, they've run their leg, and now they are handing the baton to us. They want to stick it in our hands so that we can run our leg of the race, so that, we can, so that we can faithfully fulfill what God has for us and hand it on to the next generation. we got to run with the right team. We can't get sucked in to the bad team, right? We've got to run with the right team because here's the thing about Christianity that you might not have figured out. It is not an individual sport. It is a team sport, right? It is better together. In fact, we will go farther together. An African proverb says, go, go alone, go fast. Go, go together, go far. Friends, 
I want us all to make it. I want us all to be able to go the distance. And for, for that to happen, we've got to run with the right crowd. Not only the faithful who, we, who we're standing on the shoulders of, but also run with a team, run with a group of people who are invested in and seeing us cross the finish line as well, like Acts 2. Now, the most celebrated Olympic athlete in the history of the games is who? He's 31 years old, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, four games, 28 medals, 23 of them are gold. Let's just focus on the gold, right, because it's prettier. 23 gold medals, 13 individual competitions, 10 relays. 13 individuals, but 10 relays. He's the most celebrated athlete in Olympic history, half of, half of the reason for which was because he was on winning relay teams. Friends, if you want to go the distance, you got to get it on a winning team. And here's the secret. Jesus has won. On his cross, on his death, his resurrection, he has won. The chess game has already been played out. It's checkmate. There's nothing that can stop him from making this place new again. There's nothing that can stop him from his love winning. And with Jesus, running with him and his people, we will find ourselves on that, in that place where we can make it, no matter what you're, what you're coming up against, no matter what happens, no matter what you're facing right now, if we run together, we will go the distance. We've got to learn to run with the right crowd. We've got to learn to run together. We also, if we're going to um, go the distance, we've got to learn to let some things go. Uh, I had a buddy in high school who always wanted me to join the swim team, um, my twin, I have a twin brother. I'm just, you're going to learn all things about me today. I have a twin brother. We ran a lot. We swam a lot. But it was all conditioning for wrestling. And uh, Michael was trying to get us to join the swim team. But I always said no because I wasn't going to shave my legs. Uh, I mean, I was, okay with the, I was okay with the swimsuit because I thought I basically had a Speedo with suspenders for the wrestling team. Uh, but shaving my legs, I mean, that was a little too much. Uh, it was, couldn't, I couldn't handle it. But I got it. I got it. It's for aerodynamics, right? It's to, it's, to, it's to keep you from dragging in the water. And I'm like, dude, I don't swim that fast for that to help me. But, you know, uh, but still not shaving my legs. Here's the thing. I think professional athletes have a lot to teach us about, uh, when it comes to our, uh, to our spiritual lives. That if it slows you down, you got to let it go. If it slows you down, you've got to let it go. So it's not physical aerodynamics I'm talking about. But it's spiritual aerodynamics. We've got to get those weights and those sins that cling so easily to us off of us if we're going to go the distance. Because we're made to run. We're made to run in the power and the strength of the Lord. But if we keep encumbering ourselves and loading ourselves down on things that are going to take us out, we've got to stop it. My wrestling coach during the season, he never let us drink sodas or pops or Cokes or wherever you're from. Uh, he never let us drink sodas because when you drank a, when you drank a, a, a Coke, he said it took you two days for, to get that 30% of your oxygen back that it would take out of your system. If we wanted to win, we did what Coach said. If, you, if we're going to run this race and run it the way Jesus is calling us to and run with perseverance, we're going to have to get some things off of us. Weights. Uh, I love the idea of, the, of weights here. Because it's things that may not necessarily 
have, have, maybe they were innocent when they began, but somehow they're sucking more life out of us than, than, uh, than they need to. Maybe it's a hobby that's become an obsession. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's, it's how glued you are to social media. Maybe it's other ways that you entertain yourself. I don't know what it is, but, maybe, but I think your spouse might. I think your friends would. People may be able to say, man, that's taking up too much of your time, or that's slowing you down. Sins. Sins not, I mean, I, I, think of, um, I think of a woman that I've known who, uh, who has been divorced for 27 years now, um, and uh, it's like, it's like um, has, she hasn't been able to work through that, um, and hasn't been able to work through that, and she's as bitter as the day she was when she got divorced. And she's such a beautiful woman. She has such a such a, she has so much to give, and yet this thing is weighing her down. Two examples. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on. But if it's weighing you, if it's slowing you up, let it go. Let it go. And if you find yourself, maybe maybe you try to fast it. Try to, to fast it. Give it up for a week, and maybe and, and just see just see how much how control it has on you. But at those moments, you say, Jesus, I want to run. I want to run. Take this away. Move this off of me because I want to make it. I want to go the distance. If we're going to run, if we're going to, if we're going to go the distance, we're going to have to learn to let some things go. And I think the last tip that the author of Hebrews has for us is that if we're going to go the distance, we're going to have to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to have to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. Now, some of y'all... I think most of us will have had a coach at one point in our life, whether that's academic or athletic or talent, but someone who has helped us grow or develop uh, in a sport or, or music or what, whatever, wherever you've been, chess club, uh, chess coaches. All right, move that pawn here. Okay, coach, I can do it. <laughs> Not, um, uh, one of my favorite coaches uh, that I can remember who left a, uh, an impression on me was Coach Crutcher. Uh, from Monterey High School, Lubbock, Texas, Monterey High School football, Crutcher, K-R-U-C-H-T-E-R, Crutcher. I mean, more consonants, more, more guttural sounds in there. Coach Crutcher, he, was, he had a way of motivating us that I will never forget because he, he, served, he actually played in my high school. He actually played for my high school. And he would remind us of a story um, every time the game was on the line, that during his senior year in the district playoffs, he was catching for Monterey, and the bases were loaded. It was the ninth inning, uh, two outs. I mean, like, it's do or die. They, they win. If he stops them, they, if they stop them, they win. If they don't, they lose. And the pitch is, the last pitch is thrown. The, ball, uh, the batter hits the ball, and it takes this wicked spin and bounce and ends up right back in the Coach Crutcher's cup, in his groin. They say you could hear that cup crack around the stadium, that it sounded like a two-by-four. Somehow, Crutcher pulls it together, grabs the ball, tags a runner who's coming home, and then passes out before they get him in the, ham get him in the ambulance and takes him to the hospital. You're with me, right? I can see you tracking with me. So the game's on the line. He's yelling at our faces in the locker room, and he would say to us, more, he would shout at us in, 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 in really, really colorful language. <laughs> I gave my left <clears throat> for this school. What are you going to give 
Seriously? How do you answer a question like that, right? How do you even respond except, I'm going to do better or something? (laughs) Crutcher had been there. He'd been in the game. He knew what it was like to be where we are, where we were at that moment. But I tell you what, he has nothing. He has nothing on Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate athlete coach. He has done everything. He has experienced everything. The author of Hebrews even says this in in chapter 9. He's he's known our condition. He's known where we've been. He is someone that can relate uh, relate to our humanity. But better yet, he's not someone who's screaming at us from the sidelines or up in our face in the locker room, but through his death, his suffering, his resurrection, and through the power of his Holy Spirit, he has now come to run with us, to run with us in our leg of our race if we will just keep our eyes on him. He is the means, he is the power, he's the strength that we need to finish this race, but he's also the goal. He is someone who is not, is not, not, not off and, not, and uh, not paying attention, but he's someone who has come back to see us complete the course he set for us. I love what Isaiah says. Isaiah says this about, about who God has been. And this is, this is something the prophets knew even before we get to the New Testament. But Isaiah 40 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, he will empower us to finish all that he has given us and to do it faithfully and to do it joyfully. He has not sent us here to do this on our own. He has given us each other, but more importantly, he has given us, given us himself so that we can fulfill his mission on this planet, which is to draw others back to him, to see this world renewed again. He's running with us. This coach, this, this empower is with us now. If we're going to make it, if we're going to set our priorities right, if we're, if we're going to straighten things out for 2017, but also beyond, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And isn't that what we need to hear as this new year begins? This idea that we, we kept our priorities straight there, we know we're going to be moving in the, same, the right direction, even if we stumble, even if we fall, even if there are obstacles in the way. He's our true north, and that's where we've got to keep our eyes. That's where we've got to keep our hearts. That's where we've got to be faithful and answering every question, what is Jesus calling me to? How do I serve him? How do I keep, how do I get today? How do I get that much closer to him? If we're going to go to distance, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Now, something that I've learned, um, that I learned early on, and because others, that what others had spoken into me was, I can't do this by myself. Uh, uh, grew up, grew up in, in Lubbock, Texas, grew up where you do a lot for yourself, but I, but I realized early, I couldn't do this by myself. Couldn't do ministry by myself. Knew, um, had the idea, I couldn't do life by myself. My last year in seminary, I started meeting with a group of other ministers, and for 19 years, we've met every, uh, once a year uh, for four or five days where we pour into each other's lives, where we, we, we share our stories, where we, allowed, we allow 
each other to be known as well as to know each other. Um, I know them so well, I could probably get them kicked out of the ministry. Um, nothing salacious, but it's, they're just goofy people, and stuff happens. I mean, I could at least really, really embarrass them. It'd be, and that's, I think that's what it's about, right? If you can't embarrass your friends, who can you embarrass? But they, we've been running together for 19 years. Um, and our whole goal was just that, and our commitment to each other was, we want to help each other cross the finish line. We want to help, we want to help each other go the distance in our, in our marriages. We want to help each other go the different distance with our kids. We want to help each other go the distance with our relationship with God. And we want to help each other go the distance in our, in our ministries. Here's what, that's my hope for us. That's what, that's what is my hope for, for, uh, for, uh, for my time here at, at Acts 2, is that I can be a part of helping to strengthen a community that will run together and help each other go the distance because God has so much for us to do. God has so much that, he, that, 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 um, that, that we need to accomplish that we can do together. And I pray that at the end of this year, and we pray that at the end of each of our lifetimes, that we would be able to say the words in, with Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7, that I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Friends, it's not just about now. It's not just about today, but it's about what's coming and what we have to do. God wants us to go the distance. God is here to empower us to do it together.